Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie, as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters, new veteran or aspiring, with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss session zeros and why they are necessary. Uh, this is something somewhat new for Thorne and I, uh, because when we first started playing D&D, we didn't have session zeros. It just wasn't a thing, or at least it, there wasn't a term for it. We may have had like a brief five-minute conversation before playing the one-shot or the adventure uh, campaign, but nowadays it's widely accepted to have a scheduled meeting for time, uh, which I think is is important. And so we're going to discuss that today. Your thoughts, Thorne? Session zero, and like I said in the last uh, last week's episode, this, this to me is a very important thing. Um, I've always had something like this in my games. It's never, it would, it, like you said, the term's just been thought of recently over the last 10 years or so. Uh, but Basically, what a session zero is, is a chance for your player to really bond with his character. The more bonded, the more you like your character, the funner it makes the game. So I believe, I believe it's very important to have that. Yeah, and uh, riffing off of that, not only does it help you as a player get in tune with your character but if you just simply haven't made a character yet or maybe the, the the dm or the story weaver hasn't quite told you everything there is to know about the campaign that you should know uh prior to you know for instance like not having certain races in the campaign for whatever reason or not having certain classes or no homebrew classes things like that uh which i'm against but to each their own um they need to let you know ahead of time so that you can create the appropriate character. So that's session zero is a time in my mind to also just create the character in general um, and also help with if you're, if you've got a backstory that you want to give to the DM, you can talk to him about, talk to him or her about it and uh, uh, get their, their feedback and say like, Hey, you know, I've got this cool plot hook for my character. Do you want to use it? And any good story weaver is definitely going to use any plot hooks you give them because that's less work for them. Yeah. I mean, you, your backstories provide delicious, uh, delicious ground to build a, a narrative on. So um, like it really can shoot the, shoot the story into full force using your backgrounds. That's why we use them. That's why I ask you for them on session zero. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if as a story weaver, if you want, you could potentially just have a session zero via text message with each and indiv each individual player. It's a lot harder and a lot more time consuming, uh, but it has been done. Thorne and I had a session zero uh, over a week and a half creating his character <laughs> characters uh, for our yeah, <laughs> Um But that's what we did. You know, uh, we simply didn't have time. Uh, in the schedule at, uh, in, at that moment to say, hey, let's have a session zero. So we just text back and forth and Thorne was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? And we riffed on it and we 
came up with his characters, Tara and Rick. And then we developed their backstory. And then from their backstory, we I created this uh, dream sequence for them to explain why uh, they had this like curse on them. Uh, they both pseudo wild shaped, uh, but it was it was uh, day and night. So one of them was uh, was shifted into an animal during the day, and one of them was shifted in, uh, to an animal at night. And it was a painful process and a curse from a god. Um, and uh, you know we came and for anybody. And for anybody who's curious, yes, I ripped that off the movie Lady Hawk. <laughs> yes. It's a great movie. You should see it. Um, but we came up with that through text message. It was endless, endless text messages. Uh, but if we had had the time to do a session zero in person, it might have only taken an hour or two to do the same amount of work that we did in a week and a half. So that's something to think about. Like, yes, you can do it virtually, but is it effective? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, you could... No, I, I mean, if you're running a virtual game, like you could always open up like a Zoom chat and like do a session zero that way with everybody in the group. But I always feel like it's pretty good to just have everybody gathered. Everyone kind of gets the chance to spotlight their character. Um, like it kind of showcase, it gives people a chance to showcase the hard work they've put into their characters and like what they're like trying to play. And you kind of get a feel for um, the play style. You can kind of get the feel for the play style of the character of the person who's playing the character as they talk about how what they want their character to do, like their motivations and like they give their backstory, you kind of get an idea of where that player wants to head in the in the campaign. So and in a in a perfect in a perfect world, Session Zeros would be to, to me would be one one. Maybe do a little bit of RP for an important segment of that that uh, person's life. Uh, but one-on-one, that way you can help them if they need help with their backstory or with coming up with something that they might not see. It's always good to have a, a second opinion. And to be honest, we tell you to use every resource you have. Believe it or not, your story weaver, your your GM is a source resource you can use. And I, I will be a little bit of a devil's advocate on that point that I think that there should be a group session zero and then a session zero one-on-one as opposed to just one-on-one because like Robbie said, yeah, you can get a feel for the table um, and express, you know, this would be the the session zero is where you would be expressing like, Hey, I have these, uh, you know, hard triggers that I really don't want in the game, uh, whether you're a player or a, a story weaver. Um, and then it's also like, hey, I'm kind of looking for just a, a a relaxing dungeon crawl, or I'm really looking for an RP heavy story. And if everyone agrees, then we can move on with what the story is going to be. But if you know, if the the DM or the story weaver uh, brings up this one shot and is like, hey, this one shot is a noir themed uh, murder mystery heavy RP. There's only one combat towards the end of the one shot, uh, and it'll probably be a two-day one-shot so you know next session it'll be combat and like three people just hate that idea the session zero is where we can talk about that but on top of that you can also uh learn what your party is uh going to consist of you know because almost everyone has heard of or done the cliche meet in the tavern 
that can be your session zero so that it's not that cliche. <laughs> we can just, we describe our characters and then the DM or the story weaver can say, okay, why is this party here? What are we doing? Why, what's the, what's the current mission for this party? Or say, you know, hey, we're going to do away with the tavern meetup and you guys are just going to meet one by one. And uh, we've, we've done it before the three of us where not everyone shows up to the, uh, the campaign the first session. And we had Thorn and Raven show up together. And, you know, granted, Thorn's character almost died, but they showed up first, had their encounter, and then they met Forrest's character along the road uh, to their final destination. And, and the biggest part I say about having that, that character session zero one-on-one is because sometimes there's parts of, a, of the character's backstory that, that they don't want told to the right. entire party. Yeah. Which is fine, which is great. That gives me more plot hooks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, you're saying something? Sorry for oh, no, you're but... good. Um, what I was going to say was the other important thing to realize about session zeros is they're not, they're not an easy thing to kind of get to kind of get down like the concept of a session zero seems like a simple a simple idea but um it's understandable if you have some trouble with it initially because a lot of people who come into dnd don't um even in a session zero even though you lay down what you're going where you're going with your narrative and like what you want your game to do um and you have that experience a lot of people don't know sometimes what they want out of their character um you have a lot of people who are like well i'm not entirely sure and you have some people who are very adamant about having like a story ba- a story based um, campaign, but they don't entirely know what that actually entails. Um, they have an idea of it in their head, but not like what it actually entails. And it could me have one meaning for one person, another meaning for another. So it's it takes a little bit of work, especially when you're meeting with new people. So um, especially if you have a whole, a whole table full of new people, um, but. Uh, it's a little easier if you're meeting with friends. Like if I'm meeting with Illidan and he tells me what he's looking for in a game, I know exactly what he means when he says what, he, what he's asking for. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And like, he knows what I say, like what I mean when I'm telling him the type of game I'm running. And yeah, like at this point, I mean, the, our friends, the, our, our little quote unquote inner circle of, of group of people, we, at this point, we know what style of games every one of us uh, likes. And if Robbie was to tell me a certain genre and stuff like, oh, yeah, I've got an idea at least of what I want to do for that to, you know, to excite Robbie and have him enjoy the campaign. Um, But Robbie and I, you know, when we went to San Japan, we didn't know uh, anyone that was coming to our table that day. We had our we had our one shot and we had to have like a really quick session zero and say, hey, you know, what kind of game is everyone looking for? I can kind of mold this one shot to do that. Um, but if you're, say you're doing, uh, I forget what the website is, but there's a website, uh, including ours, that offers DM services um, so that you can hire a DM to run a campaign for you. A session zero is absolutely necess- necessary uh, at that point because you need to be able to tell this person that you're hiring you know, hey, uh, we're looking for this kind of game. And, you know, is that something that you're uh, uh, capable of running? And the DM could say like, ah, oh, that's not really my, my style. Or 
they could absolutely say like, oh yeah, I, you know, I have something in my, in my binder and, you know, Robbie Thorne and I are able to do that because we've been DMing for so long, but newer DMs aren't going to necessarily have everything. So that's why the session zero is so important to kind of like riff off of each other uh, and make sure that everyone's getting the, the content that they deserve and want. And the, the main thing that I ask for when I'm, when I'm getting players new or, or players that I know, if they, if I get to do a session zero one-on-one, I just ask them, just bring me a concept. What mm -hmm. do you want to play? I don't care about races. I don't care about classes. What kind of character do you want to play? And then we can go off of that. We can go down and hit the races, hit the class. If you bring racing class too, great. Mm -hmm. But at least a concept. Yeah. And that's that that's the way I bring it. That's the way me and Illidine did uh Rick and Tara was I brought a concept. I said, What do you think about this concept? He's like, I like it. What do you think it? So I start looking through and I start did the the race first and then the classes and and we just went from there. And like you said, it was a week and a half of wall text off yeah. and on all day, <laughs> back and forth questions, stories. He'd ask me for uh, stories that happened between the characters and their father, the characters in the forest, everything, how they picked their classes. I mean, it got really in-depth. And I came up with two characters that I was really bonded to and very proud of. Yeah. And that's that's something that we do talk about in um, in character creation and also um, the uh, the basic edit uh, basic edit etiquette uh, episode, um, because if you want to, you know, and, it, and it, to each their own. Right. But we tend to uh, enjoy more immersive campaigns and more uh, being bonded to our characters because we can get some of that extra drama. Like when when Rick's when when Rick Thorne's character was uh, close to death at the end of arc one, and you know Tara had you know only a few options. Like you could definitely feel the intensity. Whereas if you don't have as much of a backstory, or if you're not really that into your character, then it doesn't feel quite as as dramatic. You can't really pull those emotions. Uh, from your players as a story weaver it's just like okay so your character's just like on the brink of death like he's got one more death save and you're like okay well i mean i rolled a nine. Oh well i'll write a new one well, well, I, hate, I hate oh i gotta i gotta back up character it don't matter yeah <laughs> like i mean granted i have 10 back backup characters but i care about each and every one of those goddamn characters yeah that's <laughs> Yeah. So that's, that, I, mean, I think that's what we're getting at. Illidine made me cry. <laughs> that doesn't happen. He was, made me cry moment. during session. <laughs> it was bad. And it, you know, and it was, it was interesting. It wasn't funny. I was about to say it was funny, but it, it was interesting because I was able to pull emotions from both sides of the spectrum. Like at first it was dramatic and, you know, uh, Tara, Rick's sister, uh, was just about to cry and, and you know, really uh, tear some shit up because Rick was dying. And so, you know, Thorne was was tearing up a little bit because, you know, this character's dying. And then some things happened and, you know, a wish spell later, um, their, their father and mother, the character's father and mother, come back uh, 
and you know then there's like happy tears and so you but you know again like if you don't have that connection like there's oh wow my character is not gonna die okay you know like it's just there's not enough there so that's you know we're we're going a little bit around the bush but session zero is is where that connection with your character is going to start and if you if you don't have more than just one sentence in my opinion of a backstory then you're not going to you're not going to be able to build on it quite as well or at least i wouldn't i don't there might be some awesome improv people who play dnd that can connect to a character faster <laughs> uh during the campaign but i i definitely need that session zero to like okay here's what it is and how they interact with the rest of the party exactly yeah i always need that session zero as well um to kind of gauge who i'm uh what what's um how my parent how my character or possibly interact with all the characters and like how basically we're how basic i can kind of tell how the game's kind of going to go with all the personalities that are at the table as well. That's what it gives me a chance to do, kind of gauge everybody. Mm -hmm. So, And also, it, I mean, if, like, you know, Thorne was saying earlier, um, if there's a secret that you want, like, let's say uh, the three of us are in a session zero and I want to be an evil character, but only evil specifically to Robbie's character. I won't know if I want to do that until the session zero when Robbie describes his character describes a little bit of his backstory even if he keeps some of it out if he says like oh i'm from you know such and such a kingdom um and i am a uh, if he had a noble background or something you know he's he's the duke of wellington and my character you know because i want to be that evil character he's he's got this grudge against wellington for some reason and i can riff off of robbie's backstory but if I don't have that session zero and I don't know, then I don't have the chance to talk to my DM and say, hey, like, I'd really like to be, you know, at least uh, neutral or towards the evil side and kind of like have this dickish uh, grudge against the Wellingtons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, there's, you, yeah, you, you lose you lose the uh, the plot hooks that are potential there from those session zeros. Exactly. Oh, I mean, and the perfect example was Rick and Karen. Like, nobody in the party knew about their curse. Yeah. One would show up during the day. One would show up at night. They'd ask where the other one was. Oh, they're on. Oh, no. I said, I missed some of those. I missed that connection, um, especially with your game, Illidan, um, because I wasn't there mm -hmm. for Session Zero. And so when my character came in, there was already established relationships. Like, it was very mm -hmm. hard to kind of put my character into that especially who my character was, but that's another story entirely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but putting my character into that situation um, without the session zero with everybody, it was very difficult to get those uh, connections like with my character and everybody else's. And so it was just, if I had been in session zero, maybe it would have been a different story for Sorog. <laughs> probably right. not. And you know, that's uh, probably not, but that's yeah. the thing yeah. is, you know, uh, every episode we're going to say it but it's important to have fun and so you know a session zero like robbie said like it allows you to have those connections um it allows us to have a, at least a snippet of the store uh, the story because like at least for robbie and i since we're writers uh we have like little you know itty bitty handouts or, or pdfs that we can give to people and say this is you know 
a, a little backstory on the campaign. Um, you know, because if if we're doing a homebrew world, literally no one else except the DM knows the world. Uh, now, if you're doing a, a Forgotten Realms uh, thing or like a, a module from Watsi, then sure, everyone kind of has an idea. Like they, everyone, you know, knows a little bit about the Sword Coast, but it helps to have a little bit of background story on a homebrew world. Like, Hey, this is what's going on. You know, there was a war, you know, 800 years ago. That's why there's these ruins or whatever. Um, and then you can kind of riff off of that through gameplay. But the other thing is like when Robbie came into the campaign, you know, and he was talking about, he missed that session zero. We were only able to really give him like 10 to 20 minutes. Like, Hey, describe your character and why you're here. Okay, great. Let's move on. And like, you don't get as much of a connection to that character. And so it took forever for Robbie to kind of instill himself into the campaign, especially since we were playing such a dark uh, arc. Uh, arc one was so dark and there was uh, a lot of espionage and there was cultists and things. When Sorlog, uh, Robbie's character showed up, there was a lot of distrust from the party uh, to, to Robbie. So it's like, you know, yes, eventually the players have to take a step back and realize that, Hey, I'm trying to get Robbie into this campaign. Uh, you need to have, you need to just let it happen. Uh, but it has to make a little bit of sense as well. Um, and so it takes a little bit more finesse. <laughs> He's trying to be as organic as possible. With it. I didn't right. make it. I and didn't make it very easy for me. The problem with Thorlog is distrustful anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very um, helpful with that on that uh, on that end. Yeah, but and you know that happens though. I, I think like you know a lot of people. You know, granted, we always advise against that whole like edge lord backstories. Um, but some people really like being edgy, and some people, you know, it can be done well. It it can. It's hard, but it can be done well to have an edgy backstory and have this, you know dark issue happen um but uh i think that when if everybody has those dark backgrounds then it's harder to flesh out why this party is like it it doesn't make sense when uh, a lizard folk and a uh leonin who you know in their backstories their families have been at war for ages but these two people for whatever reason are in a party together so like there, the session zero allows us to hammer that out and say like, okay, well, maybe we can change a little bit about it. Maybe your family hasn't been at war that long, you know, whatever. Let's try to avoid the Romeo and Juliet trough uh, or trope and, you know, do that. But if we don't have a session zero, even, even a five to 10 minute session zero, like we did with Robbie uh, to get him into the campaign, you, you don't know what's going on. It doesn't make sense. And then, you know, sometimes the role play kind of falters a little bit because they're like, well, um, uh, yeah. So I, I look to, um, shit, what's your name, Robbie? What's, what's your character's name? Uh, uh, and I just, um, uh, God, what, what was he? Uh, oh yeah. He's a warlock, you know, and you just like it, it kind of takes longer to, to get set up as opposed to just having that session zero even right before the session and be like all right this is robbie his character's name sorlog he's a warlock he looks like a walking bee's nest um and let's continue and there you go <laughs> <laughs>
I love Sorlog. He was my favorite character. <laughs> I love personally. I I really love shooting him in the face with an arrow. It was great. Yeah, he was like the the comedic relief. I mean, like at every turn, he was just getting screwed around. <laughs> Honestly, though, he did it to himself. I did. I did. I made a bunch yeah. of dark deals. All the. You can't make it dark deals. (laughs) But I mean, back to the point, Session Zero, in like one of my favorite, favorite things, and it's only happened once, and it was with a group I played with way back. They was basically a a neutral to good group, and one character just said, I want to be the bad guy. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's just like mana from heaven. Mm-hmm. That's like, how good are you at acting? Because I can play this up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't happen often. And I know a lot of people say, oh, that's kind of a dickish move. But it does happen. And there mm-hmm. has to be a bad guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what game you're playing. It could be D&D. It could be World of Darkness. It could be Shadowrun. I mean, there has to be a bad guy. Yeah, or at least some some negative goal uh, that the party has to fight against. I mean, that's usually it's good guys versus bad guys in in campaigns. You know, granted, there's like outliers. You know, the episode with Naughty, there's not necessarily a bad guy per se, but you still have something to fight against in her in her bar campaign where they were creating drinks and stuff, and people were. Uh, trying to steal the recipes. That's still in in I, in I essence a bad guy. I do. Like, that sounds so cool. But yeah, there's there's always there's always some bad guy, and we do talk about it in the edit uh, etiquette uh, episode. That you know, remember that we're all just here to have fun. So if you guys say it in session zero, you know, hey, player Bob. Uh, wants his character uh, Ronan to be the bad guy um, it's not that Bob wants to be the bad guy his character is the bad guy you can't take it to heart um, and you can't uh, you know if you're you can't use that meta knowledge to to seek out uh, Ronan's um, you know evil backstory or whatever um, you you kind of have to just sit back and you know let it happen and let it be let it be fun yeah, because we've we've done that before with Forrest. He had a slow descent into uh, madness with a uh, the deal from a, a vampire lord <laughs> um, that made him start going towards. I, I wish that would have. I wish that would have blossomed a lot more. And I understand what Tara did kind of stop that. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think it would have been. If you know Forrest, it would have been highly amusing and fun to do. Right. Um, he has a problem with playing anything other than what he's comfortable with. Right. And that was his, his first time kind of branching out. Um, and that was a, that was fun. So like if, if you are a player that has been playing for, you know, more than six months and you know, like you only play a certain type of character and you've been, um, what's the, the term typecast. Um, if you've been typecast as that certain type of, of character, Try something else. 
you know, I mean, we've played an evil campaign before. It didn't last long, but we did it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we you can you can experiment. You can you know, uh, there's hundreds of races, hundreds of subclasses, and and you know, uh, hundreds of different uh, subclass uh, sub races as well. I mean, like look at elf in Watsi, like this. There's wood elf and there's high elf and there's drow and you know and it it goes on. There's a snow elf and then you get get into the homebrew and unarthed arcana stuff and there's just like a ridiculous amount. So you can try something new. Uh, you don't always have to be, uh, you know, if you always role play as as humans, get away from it. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> if you're only, it's hard to beat that extra feat that you get. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're choosing human for that extra feat, like I mean, more power to you. That variant human is, you know, that's the min maxer's oh. dream. But <laughs> delicioso. Uh, don't we like playing human? <laughs> no, I actually like the monsters races. My favorite. Yeah, like, like bugbears and stuff. Bugbears and furbolgs and changelings and Erico. Honestly, like. I mean, honest, what, like, I like handling tenders. I like small things. Mm -hmm. Because I like to play chaotic characters that can get into trouble, get it, get unnoticed. I, I am very good at playing chaotic. Yeah. So every <laughs> once in a while, I try, to, I try to go outside my comfort zone. Like in Ugorth, I played a paladin. That's a backseat paladin. It was, yeah, and it was actually really hard. <laughs> Yeah, so you did, <laughs> but I like the character. Like I said, you did really well. Yeah, I mean, I can do it. It's just not my comfort zone. Like every character is going to have their comfort zone, and if they come to you in sessions there with a concept, if a, a good story weaver, if the character, if the person's been playing long enough, try to challenge their comfort zone. Say, hey, what about you know, take that concept and push it here. So if it's a chaotic character that first of all likes chaos and does well with chaotic characters, say, hey, let's, what would you think about, you know, taking that concept that you've come up with and making it a, a lawful good or a neutral good character? And see if they were, see, see if they would be amenable. Because I think it's, it's, as a story weaver, I think it's my job to challenge my, my players for better RP through stuff that they're not maybe not quite comfortable with and what they do normally. Like even in Raven's campaign, we made it a, a, a thing that you had to be a criminal background and force him like it. Yeah. But he did it. It's challenging. It's something that actually keeps them more involved in the game. Yeah. And I always, you know, like you said, I always reward my players. Um, and I've said it before in uh, different episodes, but I say break a game because you can't actually break a game. So I stack inspiration and I know that's a faux pas to most people, but you know, it's not that game breaking to just have a reroll every once in a while. Kinders get it. Halflings get it. Anyone who picks up a luck feat gets it. <laughs> so, I mean, really yep. like, it doesn't matter in my book. So like I, I stack inspiration. If they do really good, then I stack inspiration. If they do amazing, they're getting, a, you know, a God's blessing. Uh, Raven, 
when uh, when we showed up into Anubis's temple, you know, she did a uh, a huge prayer, and I mean, role played the whole prayer to Anubis, um, and was I forget exactly why we were praying to Anubis, but you know, she did this whole. I mean, it took 10 minutes for her to role play everything. And so I had her do, you know, some roles and some checks and things. And uh, the roles were on her side that time. And so uh, every, you know, there was like a an altar thing and the lights lit up after each stanza, quote unquote, of prayer that she said. And she got Anubis's blessing afterwards and she leveled up before the rest of the party. And she was able to take a level of cleric because she decided she wanted to. So you can you can uh, reward your players any way you want to give them rare weapons or whatever, because the stronger they are, the badass uh, monsters you can throw at them. So you can't break a game. You just make it harder. <laughs> it's true. And, and Jared did the same thing with Druid. Yeah. She took on a level, prayed for, through prayer, and it worked. I mean, it, it can it can work to a player's advantage. Uh, my thing is, as long as it makes the the game funner or better, why not? Yeah, and that like you know, we're we're coming to the to the end of the episode, but that's the whole point is just to have fun. I mean, if you if you come up with something mid campaign and you're like, hey, I I kind of like this idea, can we riff on that? I mean as a story weaver they just did your homework for you like why would you ever ever say no like, just take that plot hook and run with it it can be a side quest it can be a one shot it can be you know something that just you and that player do uh because we we did something thorn and i where we actually purposely split the party and uh tara went off for an entire session and you know we uh we didn't get back to tara uh, in the actual arc until the next session but Thorne and I messaged each other and talked on the phone and role played everything one on one for that side shoot and it was simply because Thorne was like hey I've got this idea and I was like fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> and okay so in closing in closing what has been your favorite session zero with the character Ooh. Do you have one, Robbie? Uh, my favorite session zero with the character. Um, I really mm -hmm. liked my session zero with um with Ugorth. Um the way we all talked about our characters and like um I had some into I had some one-on-one -on -one, uh session zeros, but when everybody kind of got together and described their characters and everything, it kind of really meshed really well. Except for that one person. But it really meshed really well. <laughs> <laughs> with the flowing hair oh, damn hand <laughs> um and i think my session zero um you know i i'm, I'm kind of cheating because we've been talking about it this whole episode but really with thorn that one-on-one -on -one, um we, you know the dream sequence that we came up with i mean we i made it dramatic um just because you know thorn had this idea uh, there the people the the two characters are cursed and i had to come up with why they were cursed um and so i had this i had him role play this scenario where there were uh, a group of goblins and kobolds 
uh, that happened to stumble upon their father. Um, and they knew this was happening and they had to run and, and do roles to, to get to their father. And every time that they, he, uh, Thorn failed at EC, the father was shot with an arrow or, or got uh, a sword strike from a kobold. And we, we paced it so well that it just seemed like I was almost watching a movie through these text messages and, and these phone calls um, because we finally get to the point part where, you know, Rick finally busts through the, uh, uh, the goblins to get to his dad, but he didn't quite make the rolls and got knocked unconscious. And he wakes up to his father with arrows in him and, and, you know, uh, Bane who, uh, who we he rick's character thought that it was actually uh sylvanas you know was in his head and saying like why did you why did you fail him why did you know why uh why couldn't you get there fast enough and that's when he when rick you know turns into a wolf uh for the first time and it's painful and we described a, a straight up werewolf of london style of transformation into that wolf and uh i mean that was just instantly even even as a as a dm like we thorn and i both had um a connection to these characters and so anytime that something happened in the in the story it was like okay well what's going to happen next like what 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 do you have for what do you have for me thorn like what are we doing <laughs> it was just it was so much fun to just keep adding on to that backstory that that i say that was probably my favorite from this side of it by mm -hmm. far as much as I love Tobin, he didn't really have a backstory. Mm -hmm. As part from being a young tender out on his adventure. Uh, but my favorite from the story perspective, perspective um, I mean, I love Gunoff because when you, you joined the, the War of Darkness campaign, you came to me with two pages tight of backstory, <laughs> which I actually loved. It made it really easy for me. But Raven, yeah. when she talked to me about her character with the whole connection to Baba Yaga and everything, she let me interject a few things and she came back. She was so creative with it. And I was so proud because that was literally the first character she ever made for World of Darkness. Mm -hmm. She put a lot of thought into it. Oh, yeah. And still, to this day, it's one of my favorite characters. And to because this day, you still fuck with that story, character. <laughs> I really do. The, the backstory lets me do it so well. But she just, I, I, she's one of my favorite characters to, to story we for because she's so unpredictable in her reactions. Mm -hmm. that it makes it fun for everybody. It really does. And yeah. she's a favorite. Everybody loves her and she hates everybody. Yeah. No, I still want her dead. <laughs> <laughs> um so, so that session yeah that's a session zero i mean i i really feel like uh you know we've we've hit it uh a, a bunch of times on the head but uh i mean you guys need to be using a session zero if your dm doesn't want to use a session zero first of all smack them in the head second of all uh ask them why and third of all smack them the head uh, again. have hit him in the head again and tell him that we're doing a session zero. Like, I, you know, I can't, 
I can't actually think of a reason why we wouldn't do a session zero. Even, even if we're just adding, like we said with Robbie, you know, he came into the campaign late. We had a five to 10 minute, you know, session zero. Yes, it was rushed. And yes, it didn't, it wasn't the best, but we still had a session zero quote unquote before he got into the campaign. Cause everyone has to know all the things that we've talked about, what, what the world is, who the players are, uh, what their characters do, why they're doing the thing and what the final mission is. You know, if it doesn't flow and you don't know everything, then why are we playing? Because it's not going to be quite as fun. You're just going to be confused. Exactly. So, so have a session zero. Um, and with that, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. <laughs>